This is Season 5 of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. Today on the show, useless information about dreams. We will tickle you with useless music information. And Nick, Nick has a special guest today. Speaking of tickling, uh, yes, I have iHeartRadio's Richard Krause, who will join us to talk about cars and the news from around the world. Catalytic converter caper caught by Chuck Kendrick. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. Welcome to episode number 11. This is totally useless vehicle information with Nick, Meet Me, and Roy. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. What you're hearing in the background is Richard Krause, our guest. Richard Krause from iHeartRadio, welcome to Total Useless Information. I am thrilled to be here. I want to learn things that I don't need to know. <laughs> well, you've, yeah. you've found it. You've come to the right place. So the, re- people right, the right people to help you. We're totally useless. <laughs> That's right. We are scholars at, at useless information. So we're thrilled uh, to have Richard on as a special guest because, first of all, uh, Richard has an amazing background he is a former bartender for many years he uh, does movie reviews he does pop culture he's like a guru of pop culture he has several uh, podcasts which we'll talk about a little later on check out his stuff as soon as you're done listening to us because listen to our show first and then you go to richardkraus.ca and find out all the great things that uh, he's uh, doing now and in the future richard welcome to total uses information yahoo Yahoo, let's get at it. So yeah. uh, he wrote a, an article in the Toronto Star, which is why I invited him on the show. And the title of the article was Five Things We Don't Find in Cars Anymore. Metal. Metal? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's six things we don't find in cars anymore. What's number one, Richard? Well, I had to be kind of selective. Metal was just a little bit too general for me. Uh, number one is tail fins. And if you are like me, I love tail fins on cars. I grew up in the 1970s and there were still tons of cars from the 50s and from the 60s kicking around on the streets in Nova Scotia where I grew up. And they would have these incredible fins. And I knew uh, someone who actually had one that had 48 inch tail fins. They were the tallest uh, that they ever put on the back of a car. And so I did some research. I found out that uh, they were originated by a guy called Harley Earl, who was a legend uh, in terms of, of designing cars. And he loved aviation as well as cars, maybe as much as cars. So he created these fins to kind of ape the look of the Lockheed P-38 Lightning fighter plane. Sure. So he wanted to give the, these cars a real kind of aeronautic look because in the 50s around this time, people were obsessed with air travel. It was post-war. People wanted to fly. They loved airplanes. So he said, well, let's let them you know, have a little taste of that in their everyday car. And, you know, eventually they went away. They were uh, changing tastes. One of the reasons they took the fins off the cars is that children were injured by the sharp edges on these things, especially as they got bigger. So fins are no longer with us. You were backing up in the driveway and impaled a couple of the kids onto the back of the fin there, you know? But you looked good doing it, and that's what matters, I think. Yeah, it was Richard, I actually worked for General Motors, and um, I, I was able to see the actual original drawings that Harley Earl had made. for Is the that right? Fins and the original Cadillac fins, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, cars uh, today don't really look like much to me. They all look kind of the same. Uh, mm-hmm. But man, those you throw a set of fins on them, and I'm all into it. Yeah, you yeah. impale the kids. You make, you make kid kebabs. Well, right. I do that when I go scuba diving too. I throw a set of fins on. <laughs> no, that's a different <laughs> kind of fins. What's what? number two in the five things we don't find in cars anymore, Richard? Well, the foot dimmer switch. So this came along because there have been dimmer switches of a sort on cars uh, since the 20s. And the creation, the invention of two filament headlight bulbs by some uh, company called the Guide Lamp Company in 1925 uh, gave you know, cars the ability to, to dim their switches, uh, to dim their lights or not. Now, originally, it was on the steering wheel. So you could just click with your finger and it would change the light. Uh, then they thought, well, there's all this wide open space on the floor. Why don't we just put it down there? Because back in those days, there weren't a lot of pedals. So they put it down on the floor. Uh, and it was there for decades until the 1970s. And there was a change to front wheel drive, which limited the space on the floor there. So they put them back up where they originally had been almost 50 years before. But you don't really see them very often uh, on the floor anymore because not only was there not a lot of space down there, but uh, a lot of the American companies wanted to pay tribute or, or I guess, rip off uh, these luxury European cars that had the dimmer switches on the steering column. Yeah. You know, remember they used to look like a little metal can almost that you would see? Totally. Yeah, it looked yeah. like almost like I, I like the starter in a fluorescent light fixture <laughs> on the floor. Right. That's you right. Know, that was pretty crazy. It clicked. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It made a click. I have yeah, yeah. sound, of course, because everything was made like a battleship back then. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's when they had metal. Exactly. Now, what was the name of the company that made these light bulbs? It was called the Guide Lamp Company. Oh, so what was the girl from Baywatch? What was her name? Pamela Anderson? Yes. Yeah, Canadian. Yeah, Canadian. Funny enough, she drove around with a high beam. <laughs> <time. laughs> yeah, where, I wonder where her light switch was. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, Richard, we're a couple of filaments short of a light bulb, if you know what I mean. As you just want everyone to know Richard's shaking his head right now. <laughs> <laughs> you can actually see that on the radio. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy with special guest iHeartRadio's Richard Krause as he wrote an article, Five Things We Don't Find in Cars Anymore, We'll have more from Richard in a moment, but I have one. Carl Benz applied for a patent for his vehicle powered by a gas engine in 1886. The patent application bearing the number DRP37435, in case you're wondering, and it's (laughs) referred to as the birth certificate of the automobile. The patent application was registered with the German Imperial Patent Office in Berlin. So there you go. I mean, he that was way ahead of time. It was. It was 18 what? 1886. Wow. How were things in 1886, Nick? I know you were probably Oh, come on. (laughs) Listen, for the record, you're a couple of months older than I am. Yes, I am, actually. The fastest production car in the world right now is the Kenzik Agera RS. Top speed, 284 miles an hour production car. You can wow. buy this. For what? I have no idea. Could you imagine saying to your wife, honey, I'm going to get a loaf of bread. I'll be back in eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> 284. Where the hell are you going 284? <laughs> exactly. Wow. Um, I, I think, what was it? The, the, the very first speeding ticket was a car that was clocked at 
10 miles per hour. Yeah, we had that on one of the shows. Yeah, that, exactly. that's more on my speed than the, uh, than the 284 miles an hour. Exactly. So, Richard Cross, what's number three of the five things we don't find in cars anymore? Well, these ones aren't particularly uh, shocking. Lighters and ashtrays. You know, uh, times have changed. They are no longer uh, standard because so many fewer people are smoking now. But for years, they were just part of the, the, the fixtures that came with the car. And so the lighter... Uh, every you know people of a certain age will remember it it was a, a nitro metal strip around a round cylinder that uh, that you'd plug into the slot on your dash and it would heat up and then you could uh, light your cigarette from that a lot of times now in cars they still have the hole that you would put that in but it's a usb uh hole now uh they've gotten rid of those you know the lighter aspect of it anyway uh and then ashtrays just kind of came and went but there was a time when there were beautiful ashtrays there were uh in luxury cars you would have marble ashtray fixtures on uh, almost every seat there'd be like a, almost like airplane style ashtrays but they'd be made of marble and 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 absolutely gorgeous things to look at uh but you know nobody smokes anymore so those are things of the past i had a 69 cadillac that looked like it had a pullout drawer that was yeah. an ashtray i mean they were expecting you to smoke like two cartons on your way to, <laughs> to work but you know it's actually funny though but we think we know so much now with all the technology and everything Yesterday, I stuck my cigarette in the USB port and nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his iPhone lit up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Number four of the five things, uh, Richard. Well, flower vases. Now, I think a lot of people remember that Volkswagen in the 1998 run that they came out, they put uh, flower vases in them. There used to be flower vases in the old Volkswagens. Uh, they were called the Blumenvasen. And uh, it was just kind of a standard item that came with the 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 beetle and people thought that it was just a charming little thing that the beetle can had uh, can put I interrupt in you richard are you mm -hmm. talking about pamela anderson again no no, no he's no not. i'm not my wife had that convertible with the yeah. Boss, with the yeah. and and so this was a a, a standard item with the 1998s uh and they lasted for a few years now they've gone uh they, they're gone now but the interesting thing about it is that it wasn't a really new idea so uh years ago like in the 20s 30s and 40s um a lot of uh cars didn't have air conditioning uh they there was a smell in the early cars of battery acid uh, if it was hot out, it would smell like sweat and get pretty funky pretty fast inside the car. Uh, and, you know, it was before those little pine scented cardboard trees that you would have to dangle from your license plate. So people used to put uh, flower and flower vases in their cars. And they were always uh, kind of interesting things. You could buy any variety of them from brass to glass to ceramic, whatever it was. But they were considered little pieces of art that also had a very useful purpose. Uh, then, you know, air conditioning comes in, technology gets a little bit better. They come out, Beetle brings them back, 98. They're gone a few years later until they were eliminated in 2011 uh, because uh, the folks at Beetle, and this is a quote, decided to make the car more male-friendly, and they didn't think a flower vase uh, was the trick there. It's funny, though, because, like, you think about this stuff and you say, like, could you imagine ordering the car? And when you look on the, the Mulrooney, which is what the sticker is called, and it says, you know, options, 
air conditioning. Exactly. And finally, number five of the five things we don't find in cars anymore, Richard. I love hood ornaments on a car. You don't see them very often. You're talking about Pamela Anderson. No, he's not talking about Pamela Anderson. I am not. Someone's obsessed with Pamela Anderson. We can later, if you like. But uh, no, hood ornaments uh, like the the jumping Jaguar, uh, you know, and the Rolls Royce uh, had a beautiful one called the Spirit of Ecstasy. Uh, You know, all these beautiful little uh, pieces of art that were on front of the car actually had a purpose. And they were used to hide the radiator cap that jutted out of the hood on most cars years ago. They were called radiator mascots. And so a lot of the luxury cars in particular did these really beautiful kind of of sculptures that would go on uh, the front of the car. Now they fell out of favor because if they were beautiful, uh, they'd get stolen. They'd get snapped off and stolen. You'd have to replace them. It cost money. Also the radiators quickly were adapted. So the, the cap didn't stick out through the hood. So there was no need for them. So very few people have them anymore the rolls royce still has one uh, it's called the spirit of ecstasy but uh to stop people from snapping it off when you put the car in park it goes back inside it retracts. The, the hood. oh wow yeah that's pretty cool yeah that's it is awesome. cool it is and and it's amazing i have a client that has that rolls royce which they start the car and it pops up yeah out of the front of the car out of this little square compartment there customer came in and she she wants everybody to know she has a rolls royce so she says have you seen my rolls royce i said why did you lose it uh, okay. <laughs> exactly was she let me ask you this was she like eating uh out of the jar of gray poupon oh yes they come with those in the back oh, they do i see there's an option and thurston howell the third well I, I i have only ever been in in one rolls royce and uh it was interesting talking to the guy that was driving it. There is a, a couple of things that I didn't know. So if your Rolls Royce breaks down, there's a special number that you call and Rolls Royce comes and takes the car away on the, they cover it up and they put it on the back of a truck and they take it away because they don't ever want to see a Rolls Royce being towed away somewhere. It's not good for the image. So there's that. Uh, and when uh, the, they have wood interiors, uh, somewhere in a in a storage locker in England is your tree. So when you buy that Rolls Royce, you're also buying the tree that they use to make the interior wood. Because if there's damage and you have to replace it, you're going to get wood with the same grain with the the whole thing. It's going to look exactly the same because it's from the same tree. I think I think they're lying. They just call that <laughs> Rembleshin Forest in England. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your tree's out there somewhere. Yeah. We'll find yeah, I saw the look on your face, Ray. When he talked about wood again, he thought he was talking about Pamela Anderson, but he's not. Yeah, I no. know he was saying something about wood, but <laughs> you know, I, Nick, I I I've got I got to be honest. I've never met Richard. This is my first time meeting Richard, and of yeah. course, Nick knows Richard. Yeah, from up in Canada. But I really want to thank Richard for coming on the show and bringing five wonderful facts about Pamela Anderson. <laughs> That's right. Beautiful vases, headlights, light switches. Yeah, the blooming vasen. And fins. <laughs> wow. So, Richard, where can people find you? Uh, the best thing to do is to go to richardkraus.ca. Uh, everything that I'm up to there, all the movie reviews, where to see me on TV, where to hear me on the radio, where to read me uh, in the newspaper, or where to find one of my books. It's all there. It's all in one place and easy to go. Richard 
richardkraus.ca or richardkraus at baywatch.com no 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 <laughs> that's right actually what was it richardkraus.ca .ca 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 for Canada that's right yeah. so okay. because Richard is a movie uh, critic and movie reviewer he watches what is it what's the slogan I watch bad movies so you don't have to there you go so we'll invite Richard to come back on because we, we have a horror topic a horror segment on our show talk about horror films you know about a, a whole bunch of stuff also, with our Christmas show coming up pretty soon and just uh, not too far away from the airing of this episode, we're going to have Richard on to talk about different ways they make snow in all those Christmas movies and other interesting and some things. some of the crazy stories about things that have happened. Richard, thanks once again for joining us. Thanks, you guys. Thanks hey, for having Richard. me. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. <laughs> Time for totally useless information with Nick and Roy as they present dreams. Wake up. Wake up. Dreams. Dreams. It's us. <laughs> so, um, in today's dream section, first of all, I want to thank Richard for joining us. Richard Cross is a pretty cool guy. He knows a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff. Yeah, in fact, I'm dreaming about Pamela Anderson right of now. Of course you are. <laughs> uh, Heidi Bloom, you're out the window. Yeah, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of in your dreams, yes. Okay, dreaming may solve problems. Now, listen to what I'm saying. Dreaming may solve complex problems. Okay. A study was done in which a group had to find their way out of a printed maze. They gave them a piece of paper with a maze on it. Right. During a 90-minute break, half took a nap while the others remained awake. The nappers performed substantially better because they dreamt about the maze. Other studies have been done with students and how well they do on tests if they nap about what they just learned. See, I, Nick, you know, because we went to high school together. I told you that when I told the teachers I was studying, even though I was sleeping in the class, I was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now look at what you're doing. You're a vindicated, vindicated <laughs> by providing totally useless information week after week. And they told me I'd be useless and go nowhere. <laughs> you're still useless and going somewhere. We're not sure where, but you're going somewhere. You're going places. You ever hear um, people tell you, do not wake a person up who's sleepwalking because it's dangerous? Yes. So Dr. Raghu Reddy, <laughs> sounds, like, no. sounds, like Sunday, no. sounds like Sunday dinner for me. The Raghu's ready. It sounds like 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 not an Italian household. No, if you open a can of ragu, you're done. Like maybe a Jewish household. Ragu ready. Ragu ready. <laughs> so, so just bear with us for just a moment. So I am no offense a, to Jewish people. No, there. not at all. But I'm of Italian heritage, and <laughs> and uh, believe it or not, I did stand up once in in my life. It was the most nerve wracking thing. One of the bits that I did during the stand-up was I said, you know, being Italian, we make our own tomato sauce. In fact, you know, it is really considered sacrilege if you don't make your own tomato sauce. So one, one day I ran out of my own tomato sauce, so I have opened up a, a jar of ragu, spaghetti sauce. As soon as I opened up the, the uh, jar, the phone rang. It was my mother. She knew. She knew. She knew. What do you okay, didn't go over that well here either. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple of laughs. That's why I only did stand up once. They told me to it sit. It was your mother in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And she told me to sit down. 
<laughs> so this Dr. Reddy. He said, Nikki, please sit down. <laughs> are, you, are you ready, doctor? Yes, I am Dr. Reddy. Uh, he's a sleep medicine specialist, and he says sleepwalking itself does not cause any health problems. It can cause problems indirectly, mainly due to safety concerns like walking out of the house or jumping out of the window using lighters and kitchen knives. So the best way to handle a sleepwalker, he suggests, is simply guide them back to their bed. Oh, so bring them back home. <laughs> That's right. Which means you have to be sleepwalking as well to follow them. Okay, so so being that you said that, and of course we don't discuss the act, we just discuss topics, not our actual things. It may be fatal if you're startled awake right before you reach REM sleep. So just as your eyeballs begin to flutter and you reach REM sleep, if somebody wakes you up by shaking you, test subjects said that they experienced tension, anxiety, depression, and tiredness. No, you know what? Are you kidding me? They spent the money to do a study on this. These people were tired. Of course they were tired. You woke me up. I was perfectly good sleeping. Yeah. Yes, I'm tense. I want to hit you. That's right. Okay? That's why it's and dangerous. Anxiety right? and depression. I'm depressed. I was sleeping, dreaming of Heidi Klum. <laughs> and look what you did. So it's dangerous not the, the person you're waking up. It's the person who's doing the waking. That's right. They're the ones that should be depressed. <laughs> That's right. They're awake. Uh, talk about his and hers dreams. You have his and hers towels. You know, we have his and hers dreams. 70% of all the characters in a man's dreams are other That's men. Maybe yours. <laughs> <laughs> but women, women's dreams contain an equal amount of men and women. They're so nice, aren't they? They are. <laughs> equal opportunities. Uh, men better than a swinger party. No, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and that's why you're sleepwalking. You're sleepwalking to the exactly. uh, swinger yeah, well, party. You say you're sleepwalking, yeah. and then they bring you home. Yeah. <laughs> Preferably a few hours later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it'll be a great successful party. Men's <laughs> dreams, by the way, can contain a lot more aggression. Ooh. But according to this study, both men and women dream about sexual themes equally often well it's funny because our dreams are more about aggression and then we wake up to our wife screaming get up <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> all right i got one yeah people who remember dreams have higher regional cerebral brain flow could you oh, sorry sorry could you say that again because i didn't understand what you said people who remember their dreams mm-hmm did you hear that? Yeah. People, yeah. Nick, people who remember their dreams. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> the attention span of a snail. <laughs> no, the attention span of a goldfish is. Um, hang on. Three seconds. Three seconds. That's right. That's right. Okay. The attention span of a goldfish is three seconds, Nick. Okay. People who remember their dreams have a higher regional cerebral brain flow. And they're believed that people who remember their dreams are smarter. Who told you that? I, I remember most of my <laughs> dreams, so I believe it wholeheartedly. <laughs> <laughs> Who told you? I did. Okay, sure. Dr. Whatever. Nick and Roy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, so 
According to a lot of specialists and uh, some scientists. <laughs> a lot of specialists. Don't you love that? They don't yeah. have names. No, they, they don't. They want to hide them. behind this. <laughs> they, re- they highly recommend that your bedroom be used for sleep and sex only. In that order? Keep. <laughs> uh, keep the bedroom so exclusive sleep and sleep sex. and sex the bedroom no the bedroom should be a sanctuary that induces slumber ban mm. the tv the computer tablets anything like that because it's stimulating they and, got a point and, they got a point i put my wife to sleep while having sex <laughs> <laughs> right. and they also recommend reading a book so you can put her to sleep and then read her a bedtime story a book about insomnia. <laughs> a, I'm up all night long reading this book. I was up all night reading a book about insomnia. That's hilarious. <laughs> wow. We're having too good of a time, folks. It is. The average person will spend six years of our lives dreaming. Okay. Approximately 2,100 days of dreaming. We spend one third of our life sleeping, but just think about that 2,100 days filled with Heidi Klum. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's amazing, though, isn't it? It surely Six years is. Of our lives dreaming. Wow. And those are the nights of our lives. Yeah. Dreaming. Most people are dreaming about totally useless information with Nick and Roy. And they're also dreaming about our website, which is nickandroy.com, where you can go and find wonderful. Um, previous episodes you find our bios you find our pictures and of course you can send us an email which we'll talk about in just a few moments but in the meantime from beethoven to bieber rock and roll to rhythm and blues this is totally useless music information with nick and roy isn't that classy i love it she class she classes up the place today's a classy broad (laughs) (laughs) hey have you ever driven on lsd no, yeah, all the time. No, no. <laughs> Is that a road? <laughs> it's Lake Shore Drive. Oh, look at that. It's the okay. name of the song, actually. Lake Shore Drive is a song written by Skip Haynes of the Chicago-based rock group Aliota Haynes Jeremiah. Released... Oh, listen to it all the time. <laughs> yeah, it was released in 1973. The name doesn't even fit on the album. It doesn't. That's right. <laughs> they had an A and a B side because the name kept going around and around. <laughs> so the song was Lakeshore Drive was released in 1973. The song is paying homage to the famed Lakefront Highway in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Despite that LSD had long been the abbreviation for the drive, many people thought they thought the song was referred to the hallucinogenic drug, hallucinogenic drug. It sounds like I'm on it right now. Yeah. Uh, LSD. I've been there. I've been to Chicago. These people are on drugs. <laughs> no, the way they drive. Numerous fans of the song and residents of Chicago believe the song paints an accurate musical picture of living and driving in downtown Chicago. Mm-hmm. Which again is like driving on LSD. Mm-hmm. I have three quick music facts in a row that I'm going to shoot out at you. Okay. Shakira is the first music star to have 100 million Facebook followers. Mm. Katy Perry is the first music star to have 100 million Twitter followers. And Eminem, the rapper. Yes. Forget his name, but uh, his actual name. But Eminem, the rapper has the most words in any hit song, which is 1,560 words. 
in one song. Does that include the swear words? Uh, probably. That's probably like 1,535 of the words. <laughs> <laughs> we all remember the great uh, record label Motown and the Motown Sound mm-hmm. out of Detroit. And by all, the way, all of sound. The Wall of Sound. Uh, be, this uh, this program is being heard, in fact, uh, in Detroit, as we are in the Windsor station of the iHeartRadio network, CKLW in Windsor. So people in, in Detroit are listening to us, uh, and thank you for listening. It was founded by and incorporated by Motown Record Corporation on April 14, 1960, by Barry Gordy. Its name came from combining motor and town, because all the cars were manufactured in Detroit, right? In oh, Michigan. Motown which was Detroit, and that's where the label, of course, was headquartered. Motown played an important role in the racial integration of popular music as well as African-American-owned labels and achieved crossover success. In the 1960s, Motown and its other labels were really made of the Motown sound. It's not the Wall of Sound. The Wall of Sound was Phil Spector. That was different. Yeah, Phil Spector did a lot of work with them. I'm going to say this. We get caught up in the minutiae of all this racial stuff with black and white and all this other stuff. But I'm going to say this. If it wasn't for Motown, I don't think music would be what it is today. Absolutely not. It really changed the entire scene of how music was viewed and the sounds and the recordings and the, the vocalizations. It's just amazing. If, you, if you're not a fan of Motown, you haven't heard Motown. <laughs> Motown was the most successful soul music label worth $61 million. Wow, pretty cool. The largest performing rock band of all time was the Beijing Contemporary Music Academy Band in June of 2016. Get ready. The band performed with 349 singers, 154 guitar players, 151 drummers, 100 bass players, 100 keyboard players, and 98 wind instrument players who apparently ate beans the night before. (laughs) The Academy paid $500 to the band for the night, which basically nets down to about 36 cents. (laughs) No, they didn't pay 500, but that is the actual band. It was, let's see, very quickly, 300, 400, 500, 600, uh, seven, nine, about 1,000 people in the band. And only two bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why you needed the wind players. That's right, yes, exactly, <laughs> to help things along. Uh, we all, I don't know if you ever heard of a rider, R-I-D-E-R. A rider is an addition to a contract. Mm-hmm. In the performing world, the writer specifies an artist's requirements when performing at a particular venue. It may include specific expectations when it comes to hospitality, security, and technical equipment. Van Halen famously banned brown M&Ms in his dressing room. Mm. Other items that he wanted uh, on, in this writer, by the way, uh, one of the, they're not sure exactly why, but one of the theories is the reason why he banned Brown M&M's. He had nothing against Brown M&M's. He wanted to make sure how much uh, the venue paid, how much attention they paid to his uh, demands. I think it was just a oh, test. Wow. That's what one of the theories is. Other items on his rider included potato chips with assorted dips, nuts, pretzels, 12 Reese's peanut butter cups, and 12 Dannon yogurts on ice. He wasn't picky. No. <laughs> he didn't have OCD. No, he didn't. <laughs> but it was kept regular. Nuts and you yogurt. Know- 
If you're an Uber driver, the rider refers to the person in your backseat. <laughs> <laughs> With five stars. You're going to like this one, Nick, and I don't know if you know it, but on March 17th to April 5th, 2017, uh -huh. it was the longest concert ever. You heard that, right? March 17th to April 5th. Right. 453 hours, 54 minutes, and 40 seconds to be exact. It was the celebration of 150 years of Canada. Think about that now. It went for 453 hours. Tickets were $10 uh, Canadian and came with a razor and uh, three bags of ramen noodle soup. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to I was going to ask you if the Beijing uh, orchestra was performing at that event. I tell you the truth. I mean, that's a long that's March 17th to April 5th. It was a continuous concert. Yeah, it was. It was great. It was celebrating uh, one of the many anniversaries we have here up in Canada. I, of course, uh, reside in Toronto, Canada. Roy is in Florida. And you're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. And you can go to our website and send us an email, nickandroy.com. What's in the mailbag? What's in the William from Madison, Wisconsin writes, Dear Nick and Roy, we love listening to your show. We make, you guys make learning fun. Okay, sure. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's useless, but I'm glad you're having fun. We you are too. You should have seen us in high school. Yes. <laughs> so uh, William writes, we love sports, especially basketball. We were wondering if any of the judges of the Supreme Court in the United States like basketball too. Well, William from Madison, Wisconsin, yes, you're in luck. There is a basketball court on the top floor of the U.S. Supreme Court building. It has a nickname, the highest court in the land. Uh, Cynthia also sent us an email from Woodstock, Ontario, up here in Canada, so fellow Canadian. Thank you, Cynthia. We love your show as well as Tootsie Pops. Okay, I didn't realize we were doing sex, but okay. Uh, how many licks... Does it take to get to the center oh, of the Tootsie that was Pop? Really a bad segue, Nick. <laughs> I don't know who you're kissing up to, but <laughs> there you go. I remember in uh, in junior high school, this girl Cynthia sat next to me. She was new to school. She was really, really cute, and she had to sit next to me, and I had to share my book with her. She was really cute. That's nice. Yeah. What did that have to do with nothing? Her name was Cynthia. I wonder. <laughs> You want to reach out to Cynthia? <laughs> What's going on here, Nick? <laughs> is this a cry for help? Is, are you hot in here or is it just me? Um, it officially takes, Cynthia, 364 licks to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop. That's according to the Engineering Student Scientific Endeavor at Purdue University. Because you're thinking, well, how many people do they have to sit down in a room and pay them to lick? No, they didn't. They used... A licking machine. Really? In order for them to get a licking machine, in order for them to determine. Because three, you can't count that many. No, you, your, your tongue will go numb by the time you're done. 364 licks? No. Yeah, I almost had a Tootsie Pop today. That's so funny. Really? Yeah, that was a really good fact, though, Nick. That really was good. I mean, we've had, we had Richard Krause on the show today, and this guy's like really knowledgeable guy. And uh, I'll tell you, that was pretty good, Nick. Yeah, it was a good nick. Thank All right, you. I got some mailbags here. All right. This one is from Richard Krause in Toronto, Canada. No, no. <laughs> yeah, he, he sent us an email as yeah. he left the studio. 
he sent us an email, you know, you, Nick and uh, Nick and Roy, you guys are so famous. Can I be on your show? <laughs> now, this is from Letitia from Chicago, Illinois. There's no noise in, in Illinois. Right. I honestly, she wrote that. I honestly am paying off my student loans every month when I think I should be sending the money to you guys (laughs) because I've learned more from your show than I did from the University of Chicago. (laughs) Yeah, Letitia. I love Letitia. You're the best, Letitia. Thank you so much for listening. And and thanks for going to nickandroy.com. Okay, Barry from Oregon says he loves our show and wants to know if we have a team of people working to get information and how could he become employed by our team? Mm-hmm. Barry, you're probably the only person in the United States that wants to work. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you heard Joe Biden's the president? Everything's no, free. Barry, in fact, Leticia, Barry. Don't bother paying off your student loans. <laughs> Joe's got you. <laughs> yeah, he's got your back. Yeah, I'm sorry, Barry. You know, um, we appreciate the um, the offer, like you're offering your services, but we're not employing anybody right now because Roy and I, our lives, we live useless lives, so we don't need anybody to work in our research department. And now for something completely useless. I got one. Something completely useless. Mm-hmm. We've said on this show before that ketchup ketchup was a medicine when it was first made when right. it was first invented okay and and snake oil salesmen would sell it as a stomach uh medicine to you know improve your your intestinal uh fortitude or whatever sure um yeah exactly that's a scientific thing nick but anyway it ends up that heinz takes it and takes it from cat's up to ketchup and sells it but originally it was sold to mask the smell of rancid meats because there was no refrigeration. So a lot of times meat was at the spoiling point and it would taste funky and really have like a very gamey taste. Mm. If you've ever had lamb, you know what a gamey taste is, but it would also smell. So ketchup was slathered all over it when it got to the table so that it would smell better. Or like Richard Krause suggested in his segment earlier on, just put a vase of flowers next to your rancid meat. I don't know why Richard kept talking about uh, Pamela Anderson. No, he wasn't. No, <laughs> he wasn't talking about Pamela Anderson at all. You were you were hearing Pamela Anderson. Who are these crazy time. people that you know, Nick? <laughs> everyone remember. Everyone knows Sesame Street's beloved character, Cookie Monster. C is for Cookie. Good okay. enough for me. He has a first name. It's O S C A R. No, that's Oscar. No, that, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Ask us, uh, Cookie Monster. Well, I've thrown plenty of them in the trash. There too. you go. Yeah, <laughs> Cookie Monster's first name is Sid. Sid Cookie Monster. Sid Cookie Monster. Or Sid Monster. I'm not sure. It just said his first name is Sid. Maybe Sid the Cookie Monster. Yeah, Sid the Cookie Monster. Yeah. That's very diplomatic. Yes, it is. Man. Yeah. So today on the show, we talked about cars with our special guest Richard Kraus. We talked a bit about music and. We talked about dreams and what they mean. It's time for the news. And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News. 
from Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Charles Kendrick was up playing video games around 2 o'clock in the morning, as a matter of fact, and he was playing Grand Theft Auto, ironically. Why? Well, Kendrick heard a grinding sound, like something was being cut, so he went to investigate. He was naked, by the way. He was no, relaxing. I always investigate things while I'm naked. He came out of the house naked, and sure enough, there was somebody under he his... He went out of the house naked. That's right, because he heard this grinding sound, and sure enough, he found somebody... Did he bring his weapon with him? <laughs> I'm not sure. It doesn't <laughs> was say his that. his weapon exposed? I mean, he had no clothes on. I think he still had his controller. Um, he had no concealed weapon, so to speak. No, he had no. He didn't have a permit to conceal anything. So he goes outside because he hears the noise. What happened? Well, he found this this person underneath his car. What? He told NBC10 News that he ran outside to fight off the thief after seeing what he saw. See what they did there? After yeah. seeing what he saw was was this person sawing off the catalytic converter. Wait a minute. The guy sawing the catalytic converter off of this man's car. That's right. So Kendrick approached the man, and the situation escalated. Well, what Kendrick do? Stick something in the muffler pipe? Well, no, but here's what happened. The guy started to swing the saws all at him. He started. Ooh, he, he's, and he's got no clothes on. No, exactly. So Kendrick said, I've this only been circumcised dangerous. already once. So I need to get circumcised again. This no. is very dangerous, Nick. So Kendrick says, I start fighting with the guy, wrestling with him. He, he winds up elbowing me, but I still grab onto him. And getting up on his phone, by the way, I have that. Because he, he took his phone. So he, he grabbed this guy. Did he mount him from behind? We're not sure. It doesn't say. <laughs> the thief stole Kendrick's catalytic converter, which is an, you know, an admission device containing precious. It contains precious and valuable metals. Ooh. It's been happening all over the place, and it's crazy, Kendrick said, which is why I guess he had to run out of the house naked because he wanted to catch this guy red-handed. So good thing he didn't go for, like, a pack of cigarettes or something. No, <laughs> exactly. Wouldn't know where to put it. It's not the end of the world for me, he says, but there are people who wake up in the morning, they're not expecting it, and have no way to get to work. So he's like the neighborhood watch in a way. Yeah, yeah. Everybody look out for Kendrick. He'd be the guy with the police hat on and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Where would they He's the neighborhood watch? <laughs> Where would they stick the badge? Kendrick is out about 180 bucks and a few scratches, but he is glad he stood his ground. So the I, guy still got away with it. I don't think he thought. No, no, he didn't because he, he, Kendrick says, I don't think he was expecting to get caught. And I don't think uh -huh. he was expecting to get caught by someone who was naked. Well, that's just it. The guy came out from under the car and was like, what the hell is going that? on there here? There you go. I was going for the You better stand. Maybe he was fighting off. Think about this one for a second. Yeah. That may be considered self-defense. When he came out and saw Kendrick waving around his weapon, this guy waved around the sawzall trying to cut at Kendrick's weapon. <laughs> right. So it was self-defense, maybe. But according to Kendrick, he guarantees... Uh, he was not the first one of the night that he caught this guy because this guy was oh. going on this. this uh, so there were other naked people out no, there. No, there were other catalytic converters that were stolen. Oh. But Kendrick says, I guarantee you, it was the last one that he stole. Yeah, Kendrick needs to buy pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> With little cars on them. <laughs> he got at least a robe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what I want to know is why is he playing video games naked, Grand Theft Auto naked? Like, I don't want to know. It gives new meaning to the word saws all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he saws all of Kendrick. Yeah, he did. He saw it all. <laughs>
<laughs> well, speaking of all, that's all the time that we have for this episode of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Of course, once again, we want to thank our special guest, Richard Krause from iHeartRadio, and he gave us some wonderful, uh, interesting facts about... I like Richard. He's a good sport. Yeah. Cool the five things we don't find in cars anymore. We thank you for listening. We will scour the internet and other sources to find out more useless information for you guys next week. Yeah, and if you want to get in touch with Richard, you go to richardkraus.ca and you can get in touch with him or you go to nickandroy.com and you get in touch with us and we'll get you in touch with him. And then we'll get you in touch with Kendrick over yeah, there. We touch a lot of people, yes. <laughs> Quite We're, naked. We're naked when we read the email. No, we don't. Oh, yeah, we are. But anyway, I'm not wearing pants right now. But tell a friend about the trend and listen to us every week coming out on Thursdays and on iHeartRadio. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of NickAndRoy.com. Visit NickAndRoy.com to access the full library of episodes or wherever you get your podcasts.